This fall, we'll be exploring different facets of our commitment to Christian faith and practice. In our current world, an alive and active faith is not assumed. There are culture-wide shifts in institutional trust, religious participation, knowledge, and practice. In fact, a recent Gallup poll finds that the percentage of Americans who report belonging to a church, a synagogue, or a mosque is at an all-time low. What's more, whether we have belonged to church community our whole lives or are brand new to a life of faith, we might not regularly stop and think about our reasons for belief, belonging, and practice. These shifts in religious landscape provides us the opportunity to re-examine our basis for faith and spiritual practice and to find new and redemptive ways for living. Each week on the podcast, we will explore some of the biblical and theological roots of questions related to who we are as Christian followers. Why church? Why study? Why Jesus? Why gather? Why serve? Why care? Why worship? Why give? We invite you to listen, to reflect, and to join the conversation. Hi, my name is John Roper. I'm a parish associate here at Preston Hollow. Our text for this discussion is Exodus 36, 1 through 8. Let's take a closer look at this passage where the Israelites are so generous that the leaders don't know how to respond. Moses is told that the people are bringing more than enough for doing the work the Lord commanded to be done. Moses commands the people to not make anything else as an offering for the sanctuary. Theologian Walter Brueggemann, writing in the Interpreter's Bible, states, This text portrays a stewardship dream come true, in which the motivation for giving is pure and untroubled, and in which the generosity of Israel is staggering. The text may be a model for giving when a community stands, on the one hand, reflecting on God's forgiving generosity, and on the other hand, in anticipation of God's full presence. Chapter 36 reveals that Israel has a generous heart and a willing spirit. The text reminds us that our myths are about self-sufficiency, about pulling ourselves up from our bootstraps, about being self-made, lead not to life and joy, but rather to an ideology of grudging. We find ourselves left with little capacity for giving, sharing, or sacrifice. If, on the other hand, we see life not as something we take or make through our own cunning and determination, but rather as pure gift, then generosity and gratitude flow easily and readily. When I was serving the church in Louisville, Kentucky, the chair of the outreach committee called to tell me she needed an appointment. We set the appointment for later that morning. When Anne arrived, her husband E.T. was with her. I thought, oh no, these are the last two people I thought would have marital problems. I could not have been more incorrect as to why they had come. As soon as she sat down, Anne said, John, you sent out a letter recently about the beginning of our capital campaign to build a new sanctuary. I told E.T. that I would like to donate my entire retirement fund to the campaign. She could see that I was shocked. 
Anne was in her 60s. She had been a successful businesswoman and E.T. a successful stockbroker. But who gives away their entire retirement fund just as they're reaching retirement age? In disbelief, I stumbled to say, all of it? She said, yes, all of it. She continued, I want the blessings I have received in my life to be a blessing to those who come after me. E.T. and I can survive just fine on what he has saved for his retirement. I glanced over at E.T., and he smiled and nodded his head. Anne had a generous heart and a willing spirit. She was not trapped by the desire to want more and more, but rather by the desire to give more and more. Anne had, to quote a song lyric, a satisfied mind. She was not driven by not being able to get enough, but rather by the freedom that comes from giving. People like Anne changed the world. When Anne died, E.T. decided that a fitting way to remember her would be to donate a Habitat house in her name. My friend Dee, a pastor from Louisville, like Anne, also saw life as a gift. When we traveled together, Dee would insist on tipping the maids at the motel. He would also preach a mini-sermon to the rest of us about why we needed to do the same. It was Dee who would get up early in the morning and go through the trash and get out all the recyclables to make sure that they were properly disposed of. Dee wanted to give to those less fortunate and to preserve the world for those who would come after him. Those who see life as pure gift become practitioners of extravagant generosity. These are those believers who have a God-given vision of faith to plant seeds for trees whose shade they will never see. Thanks for listening. You can follow us on Instagram, Facebook, or SoundCloud. Look in the description for details.